I'm gonna be honest with you guys, the episode today is very impromptu. I think that's the right word. It's very random. We threw this together on a whim. A little bit of backstory. This episode is a conversation between me and my best friend, Julia, and she lives in a different part of Florida than me. And it was inspired by a conversation we had on September 30th, okay? September 30th marked about three weeks for both of us alcohol-free. We both started a 90-day alcohol-free challenge in September without even consulting each other, and we were within a day of each other of starting. We have totally different reasons for starting, and we just were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, let's do this together. And so we were on the phone just catching up on life on the 30th, and we got into this conversation about how the alcohol-free challenge is going. And I tell you, it was nothing but positive. I mean, there has definitely been a few little barriers and challenges that we talked through, but we were just going on and on to each other about how awesome we're feeling, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally, and even our skin is looking better. Like, it's been nothing but awesome. I've had nothing but a positive experience. And we're like, we gotta get this out there. We gotta share this information to the world. And you will hear when you listen to this episode how passionate we feel about challenging yourself to do something that seems a little bit out of the social norm. I mean, drinking is just kind of part of our culture. And so when you challenge yourself to kind of push that and say, hey, no, I'm gonna do something for my health, you will be amazed at the benefits. In fact, I was even listening back to this recording and I was like, okay, Kate, simmer down, simmer down, girl. You got a little too fired up in this episode. But I mean, I just, I think it's really awesome. So just to give you um, an outline of what you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear about why we both started. You're gonna hear more about Julia. And if you're thinking about Sober October, but you're concerned about your job, wait till you hear what Julia does for a living. I promise you that if she can say no to alcohol every single day through her job, you can too. We go in and talk about a lot of the parallels we've noticed with Sober October and achieving other health or diet-related goals. So even if you're not even thinking about giving up alcohol, you still are going to find this episode really informative if you do have a health goal you've had trouble sticking with. And then we give you guys a little bit of more information of all the benefits we've experienced. There really haven't been many negatives, but we kind of run through those two, as well as some practical tips to get you on your way if you are considering Sober October. So uh, also, I should tell you this, if you don't know what Sober October is, if you've been listening to this for like the past two and a half minutes and you're like, what is Sober October? I don't really know where it started, but I'm assuming it started from the Joe Rogan podcast where him and a group of comedians all agreed that, hey, we're going to be sober. We're going to abstain from drugs and alcohol for 31 days. And it kind of caught wind in, you know, social media and people started doing it. So that's what this is. It's 31 days without alcohol. Me and Julia are trying to go the whole 90 days and we kind of tell you more about that in this episode. But if you do have questions or you want to reach out to us for accountability or help getting started, we both want to talk to you about it. I put our information in the show notes below. You can email or direct message us on Instagram and we wish you the best of luck for your sober October (laughs) expedentures. But for now, enjoy the podcast and I'll see you at the end. What is up? Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. My name is Kate, registered dietitian and emotional eating coach. Each episode, I will bring you a motivational message or an inspiring guest to help you make informed nutrition decisions that fuel your life, not restrict it. Whether you are new to the podcast or an OG listener, thanks for spending this time with me today. Now, let's get into it. 
Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. Me and my best friend were on the phone yesterday, and we were talking about all of these benefits that we have noticed from abstaining from alcohol for three weeks. She's on day 24. I'm on day 23. And we're like, you know what? It's kind of crazy that we're both doing this at the same time. And it just so happens to be the national holiday of sober October, the night we're recording this. So we were just like, you know what? Let's just jump on a podcast and share with people why we're doing it. All of the benefits we're experiencing both internally and externally, and kind of give some people some practical tips if they want to uh, experiment with sobriety. I think the, the phrase I'm hearing is sober curious. So I've got my best friend, Julia, on the line. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So what's up, Julia? Hey everyone. Well, I first wanted to say thank you, Kate, for inviting me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I love listening to your podcast every week. So this is a really big honor for me. I'm fangirling a little bit here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am, my name is Julia Hemsley. I'm from Chicago, but I moved to Orlando for my job. And then I just moved down here to Naples the past six months. Um, for my job as well, but I work in the wine and liquor industry and I sell to hotels, restaurants, and country clubs. So it's a really fun industry to be a part of. It's constantly changing, growing, evolving. Um, But I am surrounded by wine and liquor a lot and I go out to eat about 75% of my meals. So when I don't have an opportunity to go out to eat, I'm okay with it because I love to cook. cook, But um, And you're a great cook. Yeah, thanks. Italian. Definitely made me reevaluate just my eating habits as well as my drinking habits because even when I'm not per se drinking heavily, which I don't do, I'm, I'm really good about when I come home, I don't drink any alcohol, but um, it, it adds up just a cocktail there or here or, oh, let me have a little glass of wine. So doing these um, next 90 days or well, 24 days in now, but um, these 90 days is really exciting and I'm loving it so far. So yeah, yeah so just a little background about you. So she, Julie and I are both doing the sober challenge and we kind of set up this little goal for ourselves to both hit 90 days. We put a little bet on it that if somebody breaks, then they have to buy the other one a really <laughs> nice dinner. But the goal is that we just, we split it, right? We both make it. Yes. But Julia <laughs> works in the wine and liquor industry. So when I talk to clients all day and they're like, you know, it's really hard for me to cut back on alcohol because I'm in sales or because of my job and I'm having to entertain clients at happy hours and we're doing this and that. Julia has it way harder than most people because her (laughs) job, like her making money is talking about alcohol and how can you speak for something if you're not drinking it consistently? So she has found ways to overcome that. Can you kind of share with people what you do and kind of some of the struggles you've experienced the last few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, in order for us to make sales is we have to be passionate about what we're selling and know the product. And so we go through a lot of wine education seminars and trainings and tasting the wine. I mean, I can, it's funny. I was just talking to a buyer today about it, how I think the earliest I've ever had wine was eight 30 in the morning. And it was because we had a winemaker in town and that was the time he could meet. And so they wanted everyone at the office. So next thing I know it, it's 8.30 in the morning. I just got done drinking my cup of coffee and I'm trying a heavy nap a cab. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because we totally all can relate to whatever that means. <laughs> and that's for a whole nother podcast we can get into. <laughs> that's for after sober October. <laughs> but um, no, so so it's one of those where the past few weeks, um, just a little backstory. The reason why. Um, I'll rewind. The reason why I'm doing this is beginning of the summer, I had some health concerns pop up with my heart where it was beating irregularly. It was slowing down. I had some chest pains. Um, I went to see a couple doctors, you know, just to get a couple different opinions. Um, one of them told me, he's like, you should not drink for 90 days because he thinks that it could pertain to my thyroid and I need to reset my thyroid along with my liver and things like that. And he's like, you know, if you don't drink for 90 days, that could possibly help. And I said, oh, okay, so minimally drink. Yeah. And he's like, no, you need to not drink for 90 days. And it kind of made me take a step back because being the age that I am, and I'm still fairly young, I was like, I don't want to have these health concerns this young in my life. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I don't know, because usually, and I'm the type of person, like, certain, sometimes I'll say, oh, I'm going to start this diet, or I'm going to follow this, but I never stick with it, but this so far, I've been very, I've stuck to my guns, I mean, today I had an account trying to get me to take a tequila shot, and, or taste test these two different tequilas against each other, and I was like, I'm not drinking, he was not letting me, I mean, he kept giving me a very hard time, and then finally I was like, I'm not drinking for health reasons. And it just it shut them up, which I obviously don't like to use that as the excuse because you should just say I'm not drinking and people should respect that. But sometimes it is what it is and people don't understand. But it's the first few days was definitely a struggle. But now it's all about your mindset in the end. That's such a great point that the first few days are a struggle. But when you can stick to your guns and you do it over and over again, especially when someone's giving you a lot of pressure you have to just say no. And I think for females, especially, I mean, I know you and you know me, you and I are both people, <laughs> right? Like we don't want to yeah. let people down. It is so hard to just flat out be like, no, like get off my back. I'm making a decision. What is it to you? And mm -hmm. sometimes you kind of have to pull out those personal reasons. It's good that you kept it vague, but it's really none of his business, but I'm glad yeah. you brought him up. And I think a lot of people, that's one of the biggest issues that comes with any sort of plan to abstain from whether it's alcohol or food or any substance is the peer pressure from other people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but just from my own experience of being someone who would peer pressure in a friend into doing something that they didn't really want to do, it was usually rooted in my own insecurities. I felt like, oh, I'm insecure about what I'm doing, or I feel some sort of anxiety yeah. or guilt about what I'm eating or what I'm drinking. So I want you to do it with me because that lessens some of the, the burden I feel. And kind of knowing that and realizing that really helps me on the other side say, hey, I know that this person's probably only peer pressuring me because they kind of feel weird about what they're doing. So I should, you know, just kind of let them know like, hey, no, this is my decision. You do you. I'm not judging. Do your thing, but I'm going to do mine. Yes. No, absolutely. It's like, if you're going down, we're all going down together. So yeah. if I'm going to drink and feel like poop the next day, like, so are you, you know, mm -hmm. why? And so I think it's just, it shocks people a little bit and it gets them taken aback. Cause I remember specifically last summer, I tried to not drink for a month mm -hmm. and just to see if I could do it. And I went 10 days and I remember being out 
with some coworkers and they were not letting like they were, no, you need a drink. You need a drink. And I ended up drinking because I just mentally, I was not in that mindset where I was like, I'm going to do this and stick mm-hmm. with it. That to me, I mean, to me and for a lot of people, it's just so hard to ignore. In fact, I was recording some of the sugar, the mini uh, sugar cravings course that I'm putting out soon. And I hit that really hard because it's so hard to say no to alcohol or sugar, whatever it is, when you're surrounded by people who have their own, maybe lower standards for how they're acting or what they think they should be doing. And they're pushing that on you. It's so hard to say no. And it kind of makes you think like, who am I spending my time with? And what are my values? What's really important to me? And are these people in my life really helping support me with these values? Are they in alignment? And for a lot of people, that can be kind of a hard pill to swallow because you got to think like, hey, like, who am I spending time with here? Are these really my friends? If they're really my friends, are they going to push me to do things I don't want to do? Sometimes that can be, you know, kind of hard to admit to ourselves. We could go down a rabbit hole with, with that. <laughs> For sure. I'm sure listeners are like, oh my God, are these girls going to dump their dirty laundry on us? <laughs> well, let's kind of circle back to the whole sober October thing. Mm-hmm. And we can give some more practical tips at the end for people who are struggling with peer pressure. But you and I last night, when we first were talking about this, we're just kind of on cloud nine about all the benefits that you and I have had in just three weeks. So we're three weeks in. And I'm noticing crazy changes. Will you tell people some of the stuff that you noticed? Let's start with the physical stuff. Cause I know that's the first thing that people think of. They're like, are you losing weight? Blah, blah, blah. So what physical stuff have you noticed? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, two weeks in, I stepped on a scale and mind you, my mom was in town. We were moving into my new apartment during that whole period. So we were getting pizza every night. I mean, I was eating carbs at least two out of three of the meals and not dieting at all. And I stepped on a scale and I had already lost five pounds just by not drinking. And, you know, even my mom was like, you don't look as puffy. And Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so physical wise, it's just, I don't feel as bloated. I, my skin has cleared up a lot. It feels more bright, even without putting a lot of makeup on. Um, I noticed my chin is making a comeback. Back better than ever. Right. We back, baby. (laughs) So so that's a really exciting, you know, when you pull out the front camera and there was like that meme where it's like when the front camera hits you at the wrong time and it's like a cat with a double chin. That's never (laughs) fun. We've all been there. It's horrifying. You're like, (laughs) but um yeah, no, so I notice around my waist, I'm a little bit more slim. So definitely there and then in my feet which is such a weird place but I've noticed in my feet too they my shoes are a little bit bigger so mm. what about you what well, have you felt? yeah total everything that you're saying not the feet actually but I haven't been paying attention to my feet to be honest actually that's a lie when I was in Las Vegas I did have a strange man come up to me and tell me that I could sell my feet so I've been kind of admiring my feet lately <laughs> to be honest <laughs> they've always been looking good but I noticed all of the other things that you were saying. So the other day, you and I, like last night, we sent photos of our faces to each other because we don't live in the same city anymore. And there is such a difference in the puffiness. Like it is, it, I mean, everyone's always going to notice things on themselves in a little bit more minute detail than other people would. Like 
I would notice changes in my own face and maybe other people don't notice it, but like, it's so striking to me. And then knowing you so well and seeing the photo of your face, it is, it's like you said, like things just looked less blotchy. There's less redness. It just didn't look as puffy. And then Mm -hmm. I haven't been doing any changes to my diet, which I think is really important for people to know because you, it's showing you can lose weight, you can feel less bloated, you can slim down, and you don't have to feel deprived, you just simply give up an external substance for a few weeks. And for me, I had just been on, in, within two months, I had been traveling to Spain, I've been traveling to Miami, when you went to Miami with me too, <laughs> went to Vegas, and so like I was drinking a ton and eating a ton, and so it was really a kind of a, a dramatic contrast, so I'm just going to be transparent and be like, yeah, I went from eating and drinking way more than I usually did to not drinking at all. But man, it really helped me de-bloat, kind of helped me feel fresh. And I mean, I just feel really lean all the time. So that's just a nice So another thing that we talked about together are more of those internal benefits, mental clarity, emotional clarity. Tell everybody like what you were telling me, how how you feel. I just feel so much more emotionally stable and not that I'm like a crazy unemotional or emotionally unstable person, but I just feel so much more level-headed with my emotions. I'm less quick to jump to stress or, mm-hmm. you know, ang- not anger per se, but just irritable. Irritable. Yes, exactly. Irritable. And, you know, I just, my thoughts are more clear. I can speak more clear. Like I'm not as hazy in the morning and I'm getting such a better night's sleep, which is awesome. And at the that end of the so key. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> one drink, even just like a glass of wine, like people are like, oh, it helps me sleep, but actually, your sleep cycles get disrupted from alcohol, so you might be able to fall asleep easier, but your quality of sleep is really offended. There's been or, uh, offended, effective, and there had been studies that show that even just one beverage affects the quality of your sleep. So even just that five ounces of wine can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can attest to that because there's been days where I would only literally have a glass of wine and my sleep's like, I just would not be able to sleep at night or not get a good night's sleep. So I think the biggest benefit for me out of all this has been that I'm able to still go out and be in that environment, but have fun. And I know we really like honed on this last night and it's just about your mindset because Mm -hmm. I'm going out and I know I'm not going to drink, but I'm not going to be down about it. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going out with my friends and I'm going to have a fun time because I'm a fun person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Seriously. And like people, I've heard so many of my friends say like, how do you go out into a social scene, especially since you and I will be, we go to the bar scene, we go to downtown, we go to situations where like happy hours, cocktail hours, weddings, all of these different things that normally people are associating with binge drinking or excessive drinking. People are like, how do you do that? And I'm not going to lie. There have been times where I I might feel a little bit socially awkward, but it's Mm -hmm. all about mindset. And if you can just practice getting over that, you're actually improving yourself as an individual and learning how to communicate and connect and be social and get out in the world without leaning on alcohol or an external substance as a crutch. I mean, you always hear like, Oh, take a little shot for liquid courage or, you know, loosen up a little bit with alcohol. Like, yeah, it does that, but why would somebody want to be dependent on that? I like challenges, so I like to challenge myself to get into uncomfortable situations 
sober and see how I flourish and grow. And you and I were both talking about, there's been times where we would feel that way and then we would give in and have a drink and it didn't really make a difference. Like if you're not in that social mood, if your mindset just isn't there, alcohol is not always going to be a cure-all. And then you walk away from the situation being like, why did I just drink 600 calories worth of alcohol and I woke up with a hangover and didn't even have fun? Like, yeah, you beat yourself up about it because you're like, okay, I'm still not having fun, but I just wasted those calories on a drink that did nothing to me or I didn't even want. Mm-hmm. And then you still feel like crap the next day. You're just mentally, you're not, you're not happy. So yeah, totally. And I know that some people are listening to this and they're like, well, I don't go downtown. Like I don't go to bars. I just have a wine night with my girlfriends or I have mommy has to have her wine when she gets home from work. <laughs> or they're going out to dinner with colleagues and they're having, you know, more than a little bit of alcohol to say the least. Well, it's the same thing. If you are dependent on alcohol when you get home from work or whatever it is you're doing, you feel like you need to de-stress. Well, what's the underlying issue here? Because you're obviously self-medicating with wine or alcohol to relax. What else could you be doing to actually propel your life forward to help you relax? Or what's some sort of issue that you need to resolve? That way you don't feel like you need to escape with something because some people do it with food. Some people do it with alcohol. Some people do it with drugs, gambling, sex, all the vices. Wine has just become sort of a socially acceptable outlet for, it seems like, our generation and, and other females in mommy culture. So, I mean, I just challenge people to really identify and look at their drinking habits and be like, Am I in drinking as a crutch? Am I using this as a way to make other things easier to escape from problems? Or is, is, is it something I really need to kind of dig into and see what, what's going on here? I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody who's had a similar situation, but that's the advice I'd give to anybody who's like, I can't do Sober October. I need a glass of wine every night. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because the end of the summer, I was actually, or it was beginning of August, I was talking to my sister about it. And I was like, you know, I've really just, I was just so sick of alcohol and being around it and, you know, be, I don't know. And I was just in kind of a funk. And she told me, she goes, you know, maybe you should try to go two weeks without drinking and it will help clear your, your head and make help you figure things out. And I remember looking at her and thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I can't do that because next weekend I'm going to Miami. Then the weekend after that I'm visiting family and it's my birthday. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was using every excuse in the book. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I'm still going out. I'm still going to work events. I'm still doing things around alcohol, but I'm just like myself, I'm like, no, this isn't. Yeah, it's it's a challenge and it's definitely a struggle, especially being the age that we are. And mm-hmm. I know, um, you know, what were some of the reactions your friends gave you when you first were telling them that you weren't going to be drinking for 90 days? Similar things. They're like, you're not going to be able to drink on Halloween. What do you mean you're going to go through? I think because we're doing 90 days. So they're like, what about Thanksgiving? Like, what about all these holidays? You're surely going to drink on my birthday weekend, right? And I was like, no, like there's always going to be something. I mean, I tell this with my clients when it comes to food and they're like, Oh, but you know, I've got, I'll start, you know, implementing these things after I've got this birthday party, this wedding and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you know what? The week is going to go by and you're going to add new things to your calendar, especially these social people, these social butterflies who I totally relate to. And I know you do too. There is always (laughs) something. There might be one weekend where you have nothing going on and you will still find something to do that could involve breaking from your commitment to yourself. So get that in your head. There's 
always going to be something. There's always a holiday. There's always a birthday party. There's always a happy hour, a social event. You cannot escape that if you are a social person. Okay. <laughs> so just people need to understand that. So when I tell people I'm doing this, like, what about Halloween? I'm like, what about it? Like, I'm going to still dress up. I'm still going to have fun. There's going to be a Halloween next year. Yeah, right? I'm like, as long as I can have my pumpkin spice flavored treats, like, I don't care. Alcohol can can take a backseat to to that stuff. So there's always going to be something. And again, like we were talking about earlier with peer pressure, if you have good friends and family on your team, they might give you a little pushback if they're surprised, or maybe they are kind of feeling a little insecure because they internally want to do that too. I'm not saying everyone does, but that, that might be something they're feeling. But if they're real genuine friends you want to keep around, they're going to be like, oh, I respect that. And that's exactly, luckily that's the only experience I've had so far. Like only positive. No one's been, unless they're talking behind my back, which is their right. No one's <laughs> in any trouble. So that's good. I even went on a few first dates and not, and didn't drink. And I was so nervous about that. Cause I was like, these guys are going to think I'm like a recovering addict. They're going to think I'm pregnant, like something. <laughs> that's a question I got. Um, but really like people generally don't care as much as we think they do. And if they really do care, it's something it's on them. You know what? At the end of the day, everyone's their own biggest critic. Mm-hmm. So while you may think people are judging you, they're not because they're focused on themselves. and. Um, I have a friend who, when I told him I wasn't drinking, this is the best response I got. They were like, you know what? Good for you. You're doing something to better yourself. And I respect that. And to me, I was like, yeah, I am. Hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) You can marry him. (laughs) 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 Okay. No, never mind. Don't marry him. Well, I heard something once that really stuck with me and it made me start to get really self-aware about how I criticize others. And it's like, okay, usually when we're talking about someone behind their back, it's typically some sort of reflection on what we feel bad about on ourselves. Just like when you meet someone who just seems to be angelic and beautiful all around, you know, they just kind of have some poise, some confidence. Those people are never talking smack on people because they don't have any insecurities and it shows. Usually the people that are always giving other people trouble for their health, you know, health, um, what's the word I'm thinking of goals or aspirations are people that are very insecure about their own current level of fitness or health. Right. I mean, not always, but it's kind of like, all right, think about how you're criticizing the people or why, or who's criticizing you and think about their position. And it's usually just something internal. So I think knowing that is really empowering for people who are wanting to make a change, but struggle with peer pressure. It just always going back to, Hey, like it's not you, it's their own issue to work out. You should just do you. And another important layer to that is the importance of following through with promises you make to yourself. So that's where kind of the, um, the lesson comes in with Sober October, because yeah, it's great. Like you get all these health benefits from abstaining from alcohol. Awesome. Just a bonus. But then you also prove to yourself that you can set a goal for 31 days and you can execute that goal. So what else can you do? What other things can you set for yourself? What other standards can you reach? And by doing that over and over again, with little small goals builds a lot of confidence. And on the flip side, if you set a small goal for yourself and you fail, well, that, that is 
the most, that's the worst promise you can break is a promise to yourself because the next time you want to do something great, your brain is going to say, yeah, remember that last time? Remember that last time you tried to go on a diet? Remember that last time you tried to be sober for 31 days? Like you can't do it. That yeah. little in the back of your head. So it's important when you set a goal to freaking follow through and prove to yourself that you can do it. Hell yeah. I like it. No, but it's, Everything you're saying is so true. And I just want people to know who are listening that if they're scared or they don't think they can do this, you 100% can. Because if I'm doing this and I'm in the wine and liquor industry, and if you were to walk into my house right now and see the 10 cases of wine I have, you would know, dang, how does this girl do this without <laughs> wanting to open any of these bottles? But Self-discipline. <laughs> yes. So I did want to ask you... Um, so I found that because I'm not drinking, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I can't have a dessert or I can't have these sweets. So what tips and tricks do you mm-hmm. have for people who all of a sudden turn more towards that sugar? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that question. Okay. Well, first of all, it's good that you're being self-aware. And that's the biggest key because a lot of times, like, for example, if you take someone who's a smoker, you'll see a lot of people who quit smoking, they start to gain weight quite rapidly because they replace one vice with another. So being really conscious and being mindful of your new habits could really help you prevent any sort of self-sabotage if you're on your way to a health goal. So if you're giving up alcohol for health reasons or for weight loss reasons, you want to be mindful of all different areas. So if you start to notice that you're talking yourself into having an extra dessert or kind of indulging more frequently than you normally would, just you have to kind of start to apply some of that same self-discipline into this different channel. So you're right now you're being disciplined. You're saying no alcohol. And you might be noticing that you're letting yourself have more treats than usual. Okay, readjust. Just use the same sort of technique and say, hey, you know what? I've noticed that now that I'm giving up alcohol, my brain is talking me into letting myself do things I normally wouldn't do, but they're still not going to get me closer to my ultimate goal. I need to stop this. How can I stop this? What can I do instead? And that's going to vary on the individual. So I would usually say, well, try to find something non-food related to reward yourself with. One of my favorite techniques is instant reward, instant gratification. It's just like training a dog, right? Your dog (laughs) pees outside when you're potty training him, you give him a treat right away. But for us, the minute we decide not to have a, you know, a treat or an extra dessert or whatever our brain's trying to talk us into doing, we have to reward ourselves right away with something that's not food related. My favorite technique, and I've shown this on Instagram story, I've showed it to you, is to keep little tallies of how many times or how many days in a row you can go without breaking a promise to yourself. So if you set another goal on top of this alcohol one that says, you know what, I am only going to enjoy dessert twice a week instead of four times a week. Every single time you commit to that goal, then you get to put a little check and your brain learns to love this check mark and it learns to appreciate the little streak of checks that you make. And the idea of breaking this streak <laughs> is so painful to you because your brain learns how rewarding it is to get, to keep a little check mark that you can't do it. And so that just helps you stay accountable, stay self-aware and find other ways to, to cope with this new uh, sugar craving or whatever it might be for you. Oh, I like that. Now, another question I have is when you're coming off a sober October or off of something where you're not drinking for 90 days or 60 or 30, what's a good way to ease back into it and avoid the whole binge drinking? Think about how you're going to feel the next day. 
-hmm. Provide yourself with contrast. Say, okay, here's how amazing I've felt for this 30 to 90 days, whatever you're doing. How am I going to feel if I drink with, keep in mind, a lower tolerance because your tolerance is going to be much lower. If I drink like crazy, I'm going to feel like shit. And you're going to physically feel horrible. You're going to be hungover. You're not going to have energy. All these annoying things are going to happen to you physically, but then mentally you're going to feel kind of like a, like, oh, like I just did all this hard work and I just kind of blew with a big bender. So I would say be reasonable. Think about the reason why you did Sober October or Sober Challenge in the first place. Was it for health goals? Was it to just to prove you could do it? Was it to feel better, to have more energy, to feel less dependent on alcohol? And then just try to translate that when you reintroduce alcohol. So start with one or two glasses of wine, really just, or you know, whatever drink of choice that it is, something that's not going to make you feel like total asshole. <laughs> just give yourself some contrast and think like, how great did I feel when I didn't do it? How awful am I going to feel if I do do this? And then, you know, it's up to you to make a choice from there. But I would say slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. I like it. <laughs> so give listeners, cause we, we, you know, we could go on our soapbox here all the time because if you guys can't tell we are very passionate about this little <laughs> alcohol hiatus we're both on we're both wait, on wait, can i can i interrupt you really fast and just say i had not told kate that i was doing this and the day after i started she posted an instagram post and says hey everyone i'm not drinking for x amount of days and i was like oh my god kate this is why we're best friends. We can't even tell each other, and I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, side note, me and Julia are always on the same wave, wavelength. <laughs> same wavelength. <laughs> we can get really weird for you guys right now if you wanted to, but we are always on the same page. It's a little uncanny. So it was crazy because she's just one day ahead of me, so this is why we're like, let's just package this bad boy up and make it into a freaking challenge for ourselves. Like, let's go. And I feel like for me personally, it's been great having you here. And this could be our first tip to listeners, having an accountability buddy who's doing this with you, because there's been times where I'm feeling so awesome and I just want to tell somebody how awesome I'm feeling, but I don't want to like go up and like seem like I'm rubbing it in someone's face and making them feel bad. Like going up to my friend who didn't give up alcohol and being like, I'm feeling so great from my surprise. Like, I don't want to be that friend. Like it's my, <laughs> my thing. If they want to talk to me about it, fine. So it's been really great having you here because I don't, I haven't had any like real struggles yet, but it's, I know that they're going to happen, especially around Halloween and I have some birthdays coming up and a wedding. And so it's nice to have someone to just be like, Hey, like, you know, this is kind of hard tonight, but like, I'm, I want to talk to you about it, or this is really great. This is how I'm feeling. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. And like, even the fact when we were talking last night about how our faces look and sending each other those pictures, it's just being able to share it with someone and cheer each other on and be like, Hey, we got this, we can do this. And look at how bomb we're looking right now already. So, (laughs) well, that's like a thing too. It's like, it's a kind of a reminder of why we're doing this because I know you shared your story or or is more, you know, your health consequences are a lot more serious than my why. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I put in all this hard freaking work every single day, getting exercise in, working out, eating right. And I feel like I'm sabotaging it with alcohol and it makes me just feel like why even try if I'm, I'm not going to be able to, um, to really, you know, 
sustain this if I'm constantly drinking alcohol. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm putting all this hard work in and I feel like I'm blowing with alcohol. So having somebody to talk to and bounce these things off of for accountability is key. So I would say that's our first tip is have an accountability buddy. What would be another tip that you have for somebody who is wanting to try Sober October or even if it's a shorter challenge, like a whole week or whatever seems challenging for them, what would be your, another tip you have? Um, yeah, I would say take it day by day. You know, every day is a new day. You can tackle it like that. Don't, uh, the first 10 days are probably going to be the most overwhelming or not overwhelming, but you're just kind of still getting over that hump. So those first 10 days, just take it day by day. Don't think of the end date. Just think of it as a day and say, I can make it through today. Okay. I made it through today. Tomorrow's Mm. the next day. Um, Oh, it kind of broke up a little bit there. Listeners, I think we're going to try to figure this out, but what Julia was saying was take it one day at a time. Okay, she's back. Okay, it looks like it kind of broke up there for a second. So you said take it one day at a time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Take yep. it one day at a time. And then um, another tip I would say is you can still go out and have a mocktail. So mm-hmm. recently when I've been going out, I tried the Heineken 0.0 which tastes awesome. It, I guess it goes through the same filtration and brewing process as a beer, but they remove the alcohol part from it. So it's still uh, malted barley, which is interesting. Um, so that's really fun. Just It's not a soda. It's not a water. Um, another t- thing too is ask your bartenders. I went to kind of a cool crafty place yesterday and he, the bartender asked me what I was drinking. And I said, hey, look, I'm not drinking right now. Can you make me kind of a fun mocktail. I don't want anything super sweet. And he ended up making me a really nice spritzer with club soda. There was grapefruit, or no, I'm sorry, watermelon, a little watermelon puree, but he um, curved it with the lime juice so it wasn't super sugary. And then uh, a splash of Sprite. Ooh, see, that sounds good. How fun. Like you would never even think to ask that if you were just getting your normal whatever it is that you order, right? Your normal wine or cocktail. So you get to kind of try (laughs) fun things and it's just nobody's going to judge. Like, of course the waiter is going to make you something cool. I feel like bartenders would appreciate doing that. So I think that's a good advice, trying to find substitutes, especially if you're in a social situation where you feel kind of awkward with your hands, but then you'd feel bad if you're like carrying a Dasani water bottle around, you know, ask for even just a club soda and lime because then it kind of looks like a, a, a you know vodka soda or whatever you drink, but nobody really says anything because they're like, oh, of course, you know, nobody really has to know. You don't have to get on a pedestal and announce to everyone and tap on the microphone and be like, um, <clears throat> I just would like to make an announcement that I am not <laughs> drinking. This glass in my hand here is not alcohol. I just want everyone to know, like, <laughs> nobody has to know your dirty little secret. So you don't have to announce to the world. So I'd say holding something definitely makes it a lot easier to to not drink mm-hmm. yeah and um let's see i, I think it's the that's our third so our first tip was okay um what was our first tip? accountability our second tip was first tip was find someone accountable yes second Have tip an accountable was, buddy yes accountability taking it one day at a time finding alternatives to drink and i mean my fourth tip would be this one's going to come off harsh but i've learned my position, sometimes you got to give tough love is you really kind of just got to suck it up and, <laughs> and practice self-discipline. And I say this with all the love in my heart, but if things were easy, they wouldn't really be worth doing. Right. I mean, 
any, like any kind of health goal. Of course, I'm going to relate everything back to diet and food. If making a health change were easy, you wouldn't have the struggle in the first place. So there's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be times where you're like, why am I doing this? I want to throw it all away. No, practice self-discipline, make a commitment to yourself and hold yourself accountable. Because if you let yourself down, how are you ever going to achieve anything in life? If you can't even hold a promise to yourself, you can't hold a promise to anyone. That's just my opinion. So really work hard, prove to yourself that you can do anything that you decide you're going to do and, and take action. Use discipline, use self-control. It's not, it's not going to kill you to skip a drink. It really isn't. It might save you. Yes, exactly. You know what? At the end of the day, if you can believe, you can achieve. So just oh, girl. put your mind to it, work hard. And also my last tidbit is confidence it's a behavioral trait it's not a uh, personality trait so that's hell something yes. to practice hell yes wait yes that is so true same with discipline right some people just look and they're like oh my gosh i wish i was as confident as julia i wish i was as disciplined as her that's a freaking skill and i feel like the most confident people were the most shy timid kids sometimes like it's a skill you have to work out every single day some nobody just wakes up with like all this confidence and all this discipline and all of this capability and motivation. Like, no, they work at that every single day. So you can take that one to the bank because Julia gave some, <laughs> some real ass tips right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it so much. Well guys, we're going to wrap this one up because me and Julia, we go on these tangents and we get really woo woo and spiritual. Like if we keep going, we're going to get into some astrological sign stuff. Like this is our, this is our dirty little millennial secrets. We love, <laughs> we love astrology. We base everything in our life on astrology pretty much. I know. <laughs> Even though like- I'm Catholic, which I think is <laughs> <laughs> Right, even though like I love science, and I'm like, oh yeah, astrology comes in. I'm like, throw it all out the window. Like he and I are meant to be together. Me and Julia, we're on the, you know, she's. It's hilarious. It's it's so sad. So we aren't gonna. We're gonna spare you all from that. But it's sober October. This episode's coming out the first week of October, and me and Julia are gonna be your accountability buddies. So if you don't already follow me on Instagram, I'm at at nutrition.awareness. And if Julia, if people want to reach out with you for support or questions about sobriety during this spooky season, how can they get a hold of you? Um, yeah, they can find me on Instagram. I believe my handle is at Jahems. So it's. <laughs> Not Ja Rule. Not Ja Rule. Um, it's J A H E M S and then the underscore. So I can confirm because I'm tagging you and stuff all the time. <laughs> Every time I'm trying to win a giveaway on Instagram or if I see something about astrology or self confidence memes or I don't know, I'm just sending you crap all day long. So yeah, that is her Instagram handle. <laughs> I'm gonna put it in the Instagram or not the Instagram, the podcast notes here. But yeah, follow along on our sobriety. Hold on, let me put my little calendar here. We're going our ninety day mark is sometime in December. So we said it was December sixth. December sixth. Okay. So mm-hmm. you guys, we are gonna practice what we Mother F and preach. Let's sober till the sixth. Take it to the grave, baby. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. seriously, thank you so much, Kate, for having me on tonight. I'm so thankful, and I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. Um, also, if anyone, if you do want to reach out, please feel free. Whether it's anything about wine, liquor, <laughs> hell out. yeah, she's your girl. Seriously, yeah. okay. So I'll just tell people this because this is gonna. I'm gonna um, launch this after we. 
you know, we, we might as well just do a new one. So when we break our sobriety, <laughs> this is how we're doing it. So one night, me and Julia were pretty wine drunk. And we filmed this podcast. And I totally butchered the editing of it or did something where I needed to edit it. But Julia shared so much information about wine. We were comparing, what was it? If men were like wine? If men were like wine varietals. So Cab would be like that cool handsome guy in the dark suit whereas Pinot Noir was like the hipster (laughs) (laughs) and it was hilarious so that's how we're going to celebrate in December look out for that episode make sure you're subscribed because it's a weird one it's a weird one I need to edit the audio of it but it should be a pretty quick fix but you not you learn some real stuff like I was pretty drunk but I was like oh like that's what okay oh (laughs) I love that one so Look forward to that. But for now, we're signing off because we're going to get some good night's sleep. Yes. Okay. Bye, Kate. Thank you. Bye, Julia. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.